Welcome to Cannabis Health Radio, a podcast where we share stories from people around the world who are using cannabis as medicine. The information is meant to raise awareness about the health benefits of cannabis, but should not be taken as medical advice. Now, here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. Welcome to the Cannabis Health Radio Podcast. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. For whatever reason, the last couple of years, we had very few people on our podcast from Australia. Well, we're going to change that. Our guest today is at the forefront of the cannabis business and has been recognized as Australia's most recognized clinician, winning the Australian Doctor of the Year title for three consecutive years at the prestigious National Cannabis Industry Awards. But it hasn't been an easy road. He had to deal with his drug, alcohol, and gambling addiction first. And our guest today is Dr. James Stewart. James, good of you to do this. I realize you're a day ahead of us, but uh, it's uh, the time change sometimes gives us all sorts of issues. But uh, thanks for joining us. No, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure and actually an honor to be here. I've uh, been a long-time listener of your show, and um, I just learned so much. So I am very honored to be on here as a guest, guys. That's great. Now, before we get to your story, I want to ask you, what's the state of the cannabis industry in Australia for the consumer, both medical and recreational? So in 2016, uh, cannabis was made legal to be prescribed by a clinician. And back then, there was very few products on the market. There was a couple of oils. There weren't any flowers. And I guess over the last few years since then, the, the cannabis, medicinal cannabis industry has really sort of exploded in good ways and in bad ways. So it's still illegal for recreational use in all states, but you, people can obtain a script for medicinal cannabis through a GP like myself or even now nurse practitioners can prescribe it. So, you know, it's really encouraging that it's gaining momentum and as we know, Patients are getting benefits and no, no bugger all side effects. But unfortunately, we do have businessmen and big corporations entering this space and they are just pumping out high-strength THC flowers uh, with really no medical benefit, I guess you could say, more about getting people blazed. Um, and there's unfortunately not a lot of education um, going out to the consumers. And the reason for that is is... My hands are essentially tied as a, as a clinician and a sort of an, an expert in cannabis. I can't be seen to be promoting the use of cannabis, medicinal cannabis, to the public because it's still scheduled as a Schedule 8 medication, so the same as your opioids and this kind of stuff. It's still there. So, you know, I, yes, fair enough, I agree. They shouldn't be, you know, we shouldn't be out there saying, have you had your daily endone today or your daily oxycontin today? But Cannabis isn't the same as those, but unfortunately, unfortunately, it's in the same the same category. So, I can't be out there educating. I can't be out there like I would love to have a show like yours. And every week, have, I've got three thousand plus patients, you know, that are getting results from cannabis, but I can't be out there promoting it. And so that's kind of, I guess, not doing the industry any favors because unfortunately, we've got these like I said, these big corporations coming in that are just filling the medicinal space with with high, like, you know, 30% flowers and this kind of stuff. And it's just, 
people aren't getting the education they need a lot of the time. So it's it's exciting and it's great, but at the same time, it's a bit scary and a bit, a bit frustrating because you know I've got my hands tied as, as as one of the leading doctors. I can't get out there and teach people essentially how to use this in a, in a map to a mass audience. It sounds very much like Canada in a way, doesn't it, Corey? It does. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This, I believe, is the same thing that went down in Washington in the States, where they started out medically, they, where they had medical and recreational. Do you remember when we introduced or interviewed yeah. somebody? And then, boom, it was all about, it was the same situation, and then it was all about getting stoned and getting high, and there's nothing available. I talk to patients from Washington all the time, because there's, there's nothing available that they need. It's just, so... Yeah, very same thing. James, tell us how your use of cannabis began. Okay. <laughs> how long have we got? This, this, uh, well, I guess my, my story is quite interesting, and I think um, it's safe to say I haven't come from the same background that you would expect most doctors to come from. Um, I grew up on, on the Gold Coast, which is, you know, a big surfing culture, on the beach, beautiful place. And part of the culture growing up there was, you know, when we were sort of teenagers, you'd have a bit of a smoke and go for a surf and, get some McDonald's and go have a smoke and go for a serve. That was kind of what we would do on the weekends and after school. So early on then I realised personally that I've got sort of ADHD and anxiety and all these other things that I've been diagnosed with later in my life. But back in, back then, you know, for someone with a racing mind and I was always, you know, couldn't concentrate at school and that kind of thing, when I would uh, interact with, with cannabis, it would do something special and it would slow my brain down. And I was, and, you know, I remember thinking, wow, you know, I, I kind of felt like I was back in the. I was in. I came into the room with everyone else when when I when I used cannabis, and that was most of the time. But then, I guess as things progressed and people started bringing hydro and all this stronger stuff to the to the illegal market in Australia, that's when I, it just didn't sit. It didn't sit well with me. I was just. It was obviously now, and I was too much THC on board. But I remember, you know, clearly having some good good interactions with cannabis early on, and then. I sort of went through high school and I ended up becoming a DJ and running nightclubs and trying all other all other drugs um, and cannabis was always there with me um, and I had alcohol problems and that and that kind of thing and anyway went back to university at the age of 27 having lived a very colorful life and surprised the old brain still worked after how many years I probably spent under the <laughs> strobe light cooking it <laughs> um, but then yeah going through Going through med school, I just, I don't know whether it was the way just growing up on the Gold Coast where it is quite a healthy lifestyle and all about being outdoors and, you know, being healthy. I just, what I was taught in med school and especially through my hospital years and through the College of General Practitioners, it was end-stage disease, give them that pill. It was treat the disease, give them that pill, give them that pill. If that pill doesn't work, give them another one. If that one doesn't work, give them twice as much. You know, I'm just remember thinking, well, this is the right way to go about it. And I, a couple of times I mentioned in, in lectures, what about plants? You know, to the, and I was nearly ushered out the door like I was a witch or something, like, no, that's got no place in here. What are you talking about, you bloody hippie? And so, you know, being a little bit older, I sort of, I didn't really care about creating a bit of sort of that because, you know, it was just the way I was. I was just like happy to ask, so why, why are we looking at plants? And, you know, it, it just wasn't even mentioned then. But then 
I was still interacting with with cannabis a little bit myself going through going through uni. I, I still I had drinking problems as well, which I was kind of more leaning on to help with my anxiety and stress rather because I hadn't been given guidance on how to use cannabis properly yet and this type of thing. But then in 2016, when it became you know that we could do it legally, I started sort of learning more about it, and I was. Um, very lucky enough to sort of have a, a mentor who's, who's been, my, you know, my greatest teacher sort of come on board as, as my prescriber and actually taught me how to interact with cannabis in a, in a safe and a medical way. And from then on, I started prescribing uh, cannabis to, to my patients. And I remember the very first patient I, I prescribed to was a lady who I just couldn't get to sleep. I had thrown every single sleeping pill at her under the sun, which I now look back and think, oh, my God, what the hell was I thinking? <laughs> I could have got her addicted to these things, as she probably was. Um, and then, yeah, it was, a, it was a T20 oil. She came in and I said, oh, look, she's a lovely old farming lady from, from about the back of Queensland. And I said, oh, look, would you be interested in trying some cannabis oil? And she says, oh, yeah, doctor, whatever you think. So we, I filled out. It was a big, massive process. You had these big paperwork to fill out and, Send it off to the, the governing body in Australia. And I came back and I got approval a couple of weeks later. And so I got her in and said, all right, this is what we're going to do. And I follow the dosing guide, point one, point two. And two nights later, no joke, she didn't have an appointment. She came charging into the clinic and found me and gave me a big hug. And she's like, oh, my God, I've had two nights of sleep. And I was just like, all right, that's good. <laughs> there's, there, there's, there's something in this. So from there, I just... You know, I started doing, I did the healer program with Dustin Sulak. I joined the Society of Cannabis Clinicians over there because there wasn't a lot in Australia. So it was all sort of teaching ourselves from what you guys are doing over there. And I just sort of developed my craft and learned more about the CBD and other minor cannabinoids and that type of thing. And now, you know, I've essentially left Western medicine two years ago. Um, I'm still a GP, but I, instead of treating people with antidepressants, painkillers, these type of things, I use cannabis. And it's just been it's been an absolute game changer. It's so rewarding as a doctor to have people come in that are getting results and getting benefit. You know, as a traditional family clinician and a GP, when we're pumping through, you know, you've really got to go through 10 to 15-minute consults to make a living and you are essentially just checking blood pressure. Here's your script. You're, I like the thing, you're just people are surviving. They're not really thriving. Mm-hmm. I and mean, that's what you do as a doctor and people come back in and they, they're not happy when they see you. You just give them a script. You're just kind of maintaining them at that poor level of life that they're living. You're not improving it. And since prescribing cannabis, the amount of people that come back in my door and want to, I reckon I'm the most hugged doctor in Australia, like, you know, because they just, they're getting, they're getting benefit. And the best thing is they're not getting side effects. I don't need to give them another pill because I don't need to give them anything else because of side effects they're going to get from this. So it's just been an absolute you know, no brainer for me to continue on this path. And now, you know, my main goal is, is to try and educate more doctors. I really am pushing hard to get this into medical schools. I've, um, I've contacted a lot of medical universities in Australia and said, guys, are you teaching the endocannabinoid system? To which no one is getting back to me. Um, it's just very frustrating. And I know you guys are experiencing the same thing over there. I listened to one of your recent podcasts. And again, everyone's just saying, why is the endocannabinoid system not taught in med schools like it's just i cannot believe that it's not taught it is such an important thing but unfortunately the people in those positions uh, aren't sort of on the same wavelength we are so you've got to follow the money that's well that, 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 that yeah 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 so you know so that's yeah. sort of how well, that's sort of how i how i've entered this space and, and where i'm at and yeah i've been lucky enough to sort of win a couple of awards on the way 
I kind of don't think I'm an amazing doctor. I'm just giving people access to this amazing plant and it's the plant that's doing doing all the work. So it should be given the award, you know, not, not me, but, you know, it's a great space to be in. And, you know, I was talking with you guys before about being over in Colorado for the, for the psychedelic conference and that kind of thing. And I think plant medicines in general, uh, there's, a, there's a movement happening and it's very exciting right across the sort of the globe that people are sort of realising, hey, maybe... Maybe Western medicine and the, these medically trained doctors don't quite have it right. There are other options out there. So it, it's an exciting, it's exciting times ahead. Of. James, you indicated in the information you sent us that you had drug, alcohol, and gambling addictions. How did cannabis deal with those issues for you? Yeah, pretty amazing ways. So... I was brought up, you know, Australia's got a very big drinking culture. You know, we sort of pride ourselves on how much booze we can drink and how many fights we can go and get in. You know, we're a bunch of convicts down here that just fight and carry on. <laughs> so punch, punch kangaroos, though. But, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a big drinking culture here. And, you know, we will drink for any occasion. You drink to celebrate. You drink because it's sad. You drink to catch up with friends. It was just... You know, and and I unfortunately have one of those pretty addictive personalities that once I once I something's going, then I don't really have an off switch. And you know, growing up on a my my parents were farmers, and growing up on a farm, I would always see dad sort of come home after work, and you know, start getting into the beers after work, and that's what I thought was normal. So I sort of developed that habit as well that after a hard day's work or a hard day's study, I would have a couple of beers. But unfortunately for me. A couple of beers would then to in a lot of beers and a bottle of red and then onto the whiskeys and before I know it it's five a.m. and I'm up in the kitchen dancing around kind of stuff. So um, I needed something to break break that and I was also at the same time I had I had really bad anxiety which I now know was definitely being fueled by my alcohol problems. Um, I was smoking uh, cigarettes at that time as well. Just all these things I realised now was just trying to calm slow my mind down. Um, and, and, and the gambling, the gambling was, it was essentially poker machines. So poker, yeah, poker's over there, yeah, poker machines. And what I realised now is what they were doing, when I was playing the poker machines, yeah, they, you know, I was getting those little dopamine hits each time I had a win, but it was something that I was just sitting there and it was, that's all my brain was focused on, was just hitting that button. And to me, that was quite therapeutic. I realised now that that was a way of just slowing an ADD mind, you know, into concentrating on one thing. So what, under the guidance of my doctor, Jim Connell, he's fantastic and he's got a cannabis company out here called Heyday, um, he sort of guided me in how to use CBD and bring CBD on board and that really dialed down my anxiety. I, was, I, was, I had been on Lexapro, on Citalopram for, well, up to 12 years until recently, but at the same time I was having Citalopram and it did help initially because I was in a pretty bad way with panic attacks and that kind of thing, but... The addition of CBD really just gave it more legs and I was able to, I guess, slow my drinking down. I actually got off cigarettes was sort of the first thing I was able to do and then just using CBD and then with the addition of some some THC in the evening, I would now come home and instead of having some beers, I would have a a couple of inhalations of some THC, some non-alcoholic beers and I haven't drunk for, what am I, three years now or so, so... You know, I've just, I sort of, you know, I replaced alcohol with a little bit of THC, a little bit of cannabis in the mm-hmm. afternoons, and it's just been an absolute game. I sleep better. I'm, my anxiety is gone. I'm better with my family. I'm more present. So it really has helped me massively with everything. And, and I had, 
Prior, I had three attempts to get off escitalopram, and they didn't go very well at all. I was got in some really bad dark places, scared myself, got suicidal, scared my family. But with using CBD and TH sound of the guidance of my doctor and sort of now what I know, I'm now four months clean of escitalopram. And I think clean is the, is the word we should use, the same as we use addictions. We, you know, I was essentially addicted to this drug and I couldn't get off it and I didn't like the way it was making me feel. I was blunted, libido was down, you know, all these type of things. And using, using uh, cannabis, I've been able to get off it, escitalopram as well. So essentially it's helped me kick alcohol, nicotine, gambling, get off SSRIs, just, it's amazing. Do you just feel more relaxed now? Yes. Yep. 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 More relaxed, but also more present and more in touch with my emotions, I guess. What I mean by that is I didn't realize how, how blunted I was on escitalopram. You know, I, I was on it for a very long time. And in that time I got married. Uh, I had, our son was born and I remember holding my son when he was born in my arms and thinking, I should be feeling more than this. I can clearly remember thinking, I, I, this is my son. I, this should be the most amazing time, moment in my life. And I, w- I, didn't, I didn't have that connection. It was just, it's something that I didn't feel. And it, it's really weird. And I didn't put it down wow. to, being, to, being, to being blunted. I just, I thought, what's, what's going on? Since I have been off SRTelegram, I have had some unbelievable emotions that I haven't felt for a very long time come through just from holding my son, just from interacting with my wife again. These things that I previously hadn't experienced for a very long time are are now coming back to me. And it's just, I feel real again. I feel real. I didn't realise that for 12 years Mm -hmm. on these medications and drinking and that kind of thing, I was essentially just a sort of a, a shell of a person walking around not really living or engaging or connecting. I was getting by and I thought I was doing fine. But now where I am, I'm in such a good place mentally and physically that, uh, and I owe, it to, I owe it to cannabis. I owe it to it, the, the amazing thing it's, it's done for me. So, you know, it's helped me massively. And like I said, I've got sort of over 3,000 patients now that I'm, I'm helping as well. And it's just, it's, yeah, it's phenomenal. I know you, we're all singing from the same hymn book. All of us, we know how good it is, but yeah. that's, how it's, that's how it's helped me. So. James, what's what's a typical day look like for you, cannabis use wise? And do you always just do smoking it, or with with CBD? Are you doing gummies or a tincture, or what are you doing? So what I do is um, I have a, a CBD full spectrum C100 oil that I take sort of 0.5 in the morning, and I take 0.5 um, just after lunch, um, and that's sort of that's my base, and that's the way I sort of with my patients. I use my oils as as a base. And then I'll use inhalations as an as as needed kind of thing. Unfortunately, I have the lovely medical condition of restless leg syndrome. If anyone has that, that is a lovely condition to have. <laughs> yeah, no fun at all. I remember watching my dad, um, you know, poor bugger. He uh, when he was with us, he would sit there in the evening and just rub his knees, and he's like, "God, oh, he'd have to get up and walk around, and he couldn't sit in a show. We'd have to get in the aisle." And I think, my God, I hope I don't get that. And then I remember in one of my medical lectures and we were talking a bit about it and the, and, the, and the lecturer said, oh, there's a bit of a genetic component to this. You know, it's a bit hereditary. And I was like, no. And I swear, I reckon my legs started kicking off then <laughs> as soon as I was told that. But, but what I do, you know, once I, once I get home, because we've got very strict driving laws about THC out here, which we are doing massive campaigns against, it's just absolutely ridiculous that someone can't have a small amount of THC in their system 
and steel drive that you can have benzodiazepines to the nines, opioids to the nines and two beers under your belt and still get behind the wheel, yet I can't have a little bit of cannabis to, to help with the uh, symptoms, so a bit of THC. So what I'll do in the evening when I get home is I'll either have a 10-10 oil, something like that, you know, one-to-one oil, CBD, THC, or a one-to-one vape, either using a, um, we've got some good flowers out here that are half CBD, half THC. I think they're absolutely amazing. We've also got some um, some of the little carts, the oil carts, to go in a vape pen, just a couple of totes, and that's all I will, will do. And then maybe towards bed, if I, if I just need to slow the mind down a little bit more, I may have either a, a sublingual um, THC wafer or another little inhalation of sort of a more THC product. But it's only small amounts, and that's totally different to the way I had interacted with cannabis before. You know, it was all about getting the most on board, getting the biggest yeah. high you can, zomping yourself out. And really, that that's not what that's not what you want. That's just you're just dumb sitting on the couch, not doing anything. And that's been the big game changer: is having someone like my doctor. You know, and now knowing what I know is is less is best with cannabis. To get the best feeling out of it, take less, dial the THC down. So that's that's my regime, and it's just it's it's fantastic. And so now you know I don't I don't drink. So when I go out, you know I'll take with me a little a little half half pen CBD THC pen with me, and I'll just duck around the corner and have a couple of tokes, go back and drink my, and that allows me to put up with drunk people and just go and have some non alcoholic beers. <laughs> and I sit there and you know I wake up totally fine the next day. I've had a great night. I'm not doing my head about stupid things I said when I was drunk and all that kind of thing. It's just, yeah, it's, it's a really, really sort of important part of my life now and it's you know, I can't see myself going any other way. That's what I am. That's what I do. Did your wife notice this change in you when you started doing this? Because you were saying you weren't present when your son was born, et cetera. Did she notice that change as it happened? Yeah, definitely. So she, um, when we first, start, when I first started CBD, um, you know, how it's, it's very, very subtle onset um, and that's why, you know, a lot of people, well, they'll try CBD and go, oh, it doesn't work. I didn't no, feel anything. Yeah, it's like, okay, no, 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 you've got to stick with it. You've got to find your dose, that kind of thing. When I started, I was actually like, this is, and this is, I, was, I thought, I want to try this before I start prescribing it. And so I was given some CBD and given the guide under my doctor. And then I said to my wife, about four weeks in, and I said to my wife, I said, I don't think this is working, hey? And she's like, are you kidding? You're totally different. I'm like, really? And she's like, yeah, you're so much more calm and you're more present when you get home. And it wasn't until she said that that I actually had to look back at how I've been and I did, I thought, actually, I've had a couple of really good weeks. I've been in a good mood. I haven't been, you know, so reactive to emails. I get, you know, you know fire off a cranky email to someone I, and, and I was just more calm. But I hadn't, it hadn't clicked that it was working because it's so subtle. And so it wasn't until she said that I was like, actually, this is working. And then, yeah, now, I mean, she used to see how I would get when I would, when I would drink, you know, that would, nothing ever bad. I would just be I would be I wouldn't get violent or anything like that at all I would just get drunk and carry on and then she would just see how bad I would feel the next day I'd beat myself up for drinking I would have horrible anxiety and now I mean essentially she's kind of got her husband back I'm, I don't have that anxiety I'm happy all the time kind of thing um yeah no she's definitely noticed a, a big change in me and with my restless legs as well I don't kick run the marathon in the bed beside her <laughs> <laughs> James, where do you think you'd be today if it wasn't for cannabis? I, well, two things. Professionally, I would be probably a very depressed GP to going about my day doing 15-minute consults, handing over script after script, just probably, yeah, not in a good place, not enjoying my work. 
that's professionally probably where I would be. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not dissing, you know, GP, regular GPs. I think, you know, that, that it's, it's, it's an important role, but um, it wasn't for me. I, I, cu- I couldn't do it. I couldn't just keep people at a average level that my, that a lot of people are at. I just couldn't do it. I, I needed to see improvements, mm-hmm. and that's what I saw from when I started prescribing cannabis. So professionally, I, I wouldn't be, I, I wouldn't be in a good place. I don't think. Um, personally, oh. Who knows? I, I, I kind of hate to think. I probably, I probably, I, I would be still probably drinking. I think, uh, or I'd be battling it a lot harder. Um, uh, the you know, stick coming off uh, alcohol and coming off SSRIs was a hell of a lot easier with with cannabis. Um, so yeah, I, I think I, I, I kind of scared to think about where I would be because I hate. I, I now looking back at I hate where I was. I, I really it's it, it scares me almost. It scares me where I was and how. I guess how badly I was treating myself, but I was only doing it because, I, you know, in some way, I was getting some relief from 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 myself. That, that's kind of why people, I think, go to the go to addictions is because it's an escape from from an uncomfortable feeling or an uncomfortable self. And and I guess by using cannabis, I've, I, I it's helped me with that. And I've actually worked, you know, I've actually worked on a few things as well, uh, sort of things where I've been able to use cannabis occasionally in a more ceremonial kind of way i've been working with um following the work of he's a fellow from boulder dan Dan mcqueen he did the book psychedelic cannabis um and and what and i've been following what he's working i've actually working on some protocols out here where we can essentially use i've you know i use cannabis and, and and it's more just the smoking this is where i've been able to sort of go deep inside, similar to psychedelics, deep inside and work through things in my mind that previously I couldn't access because my, my brain wouldn't let me go there. And I've been able to use cannabis in the way that I can go deeper into my childhood and work out where my anxiety comes from and work out why I am the way I am. And that has been, I guess, revolutionary for me to understand who I am and why I am and why I am the way I are, why, why I am the way I am. Because, you know, once once you sort of get that and realize, hey, that's why I'm like that. It makes it easier to deal with it. Whereas when you don't know why you're anxious, why you're anxious or hell, like anxiety is terrible. You can just sit there and for no reason, just anxiety hits you. I used to get out of cars and traffic lights and I would get panic attacks and I'd be sitting there and then the next thing I'd be like, I've got to get out, I've got to get out of the car. And I'm like, where are you going? I'm like, I can't be here. I have to get out. And I just open the door and get out of the taxi. Like, oh, I could just, I couldn't do it. And then now with, you know, with connecting and cannabis in different ways, I've been able to work a lot on myself. And it's just, yeah, it's 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 an amazing plant. It, she's an amazing teacher. She's very kind. Uh, it's 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 a it's a beautiful thing. It's been around for so many years that we just it's just crazy that we have to jump through all these loops to get access to it and all these kind of things. So. James, what would you say is the number one ailment that you're prescribing cancer or cancer prescribing cannabis for? In, in uh, your, there's, the, there's there's three. There's three. It would be it's anxiety pain and sleep are definitely the, the main three that we see. And as you know, with, you know, pain, any inflammatory pain, get some CBD, CBG on there, oh, happy days, you know, that's, you know, that's that's the one. And when I see when I see patients come in that, you know, there's patients that we call, as in, in normal GP land, we call sort of heart sink patients. And these are the patients that have things like fibromyalgia, migraines, any of these conditions that, when you do scans on them, like a or blood test, nothing abnormal pops up. Yet this person presents with 
significant issues. And, you know, 20 years ago, someone with fibromyalgia was labelled as mad because yeah. doctors go, well, it's not a, there's nothing wrong with your blood, there's nothing wrong with your scans, there's nothing wrong with you, it's all in your head kind of thing. These patients now, when I see these so-called heart sync patients coming, coming to have an appointment with me, I get very excited because these are the ones that respond to cannabinoid medicine. And, and I love the theory that are all these things that we're seeing more prevalence of, allergies, ADHD, ASD, fibromyalgia, migraines, is this related to a reduction in the endocannabinoid system? And I truly think it is because the way these people respond to getting some uh, some, some phytocannabinoids on board to boost their system, to, you know, reduce the far and, uh, you know, stimulate 2-AG, all this kind of stuff, the way they respond to cannabis, it, in my mind, it makes sense that this is a reduction, that these conditions are resulted from a reduction in the cannabinoid system, whether that's from when, you know, mum was pregnant and the fetus didn't, because mum was low in cannabinoids, the fetus didn't develop these pathways properly. You know, I think there's a, there's a bit of merit to that. And so when patients come in with these conditions and they say, I've been to every doctor, they've caught me on every, you know, and as a GP, we, if we don't really know what we're trying to treat, we might go, oh, I have some, have an, have an uh, you know, amitriptyline, have a tricyclic or a bit end depth or something that we just hope will do, will do something. I get and say, right, this is great. I'm going to be able to step you up all of these things. Let's get going. And, and and so they're the ones I get most excited about because I know they've been put through the ringer of Western medicine and tried all these medications and then I just start them on a regime and and, and it's happy days. So what if it, what if I was a patient and I'm coming in and I'm saying, I, I haven't slept in however long or whatever, what would you start a patient out on? Yeah, first, so first of all, I'd, I'd sort of work out what the issue is keeping them awake. So is it because the mind is is racing? Is it because they get into bed and all of a sudden, which our brains do, they think, it think it's time to kick off and think about everything you've stupid you've done in your life and why you said this to someone when you were 20 years old and why and I think about that? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, if, if it's because of uh, a racing mind, then I will usually recommend two things. I will say I want to get on board a CBD oil for the daytime. I think CBD, I, I, just, I am the biggest fan of CBD and I, I like to use and other minor cannabinoids as we learn more about them, but I kind of use the analogy that THC is like the front man of a rock band. It gets all the credit but it's going to do nothing without the band or the roadies or the merch stand or that kind of thing and I think, you know, THC has been been the, the 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 in the in the limelight for so long, but I think now everyone's realised. Oh, hang on, these other ones have got a bit to play. So I'm a big fan of a full spectrum CBD oil. I've, most of my patients will be on that for for whatever. So I just think it just brings that body that just starts to harmonise the body, like we know the, the, that it does, and balances out the endocannabinoid system and brings all the other systems into balance. So I will, if they say it's because of a racing mind, I'll generally recommend some CBD through the daytime. And then on the, in the evening, that's when we introduce a little bit of THC. And so then I would ask them, you know, we've got a couple of options. If, if we can use an inhalation method if you want to, and that will sort of work straight away. Or we can use a, an oil, sublingual oil, and we just take it a bit earlier and try and use that to, to induce some sleep. So that's kind of the way I go. I generally initially very rarely prescribe just THC. Like I'm always going to just get a bit of buffering CBD on board through the daytime because as we know, THC, fantastic when you get the dose right. Not that fun when you get the dose, when you get the dose a little bit wrong. Um, so, yeah, so usually, most of my, my regimes will always involve a combination of sort of both CBD and THC. 
James, you mentioned uh, initially that you are probably the most hugged doctor in Australia. Can you give us some examples of uh, some patients you've helped out who come back to you and say, you know, my, you've changed my life? Oh, God, where do I, where do I start? Um, so I guess some that stick out to me is, is, is when I have helped kids with either epilepsy or autism uh, disorders and it's the parents that come in and just you know I've got this young fella that was non-verbal um, he was having oh god multiple seizures all day he was loaded up with every pharmaceutical under the sun so he was either zonked out and not seizing or he was slightly awake and seizing like they just couldn't get the balance right and so I've been working with him now for a year he is now talking um, he is starting to strum a guitar <laughs> Um, and just even I got the letter from the from the neurologist the other day that he, he he's like finally realizes like uh, I he has been started on CBD by Dr Stewart and I must say that the results have been incredible so I support what Dr Stewart is doing um, so that's that was good because uh, you know a lot of the time that the consultants just don't want a bar of cannabis and it frustrates the hell out of me um, especially pain pain uh, doctors just really don't want to borrow this. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, so, so, so just, yeah, when I'm helping kids with the autism or the seizures, but it's just, it's, it's more so just every day, um, you know, just helping someone with some of that, with that, some of their arthritis, you know, as we get older, you know, our inflammatory, our inflammation dials up. And so people who have been taking, you know, your anti-inflammatories and your COX inhibitors, that kind of stuff, they've got, they're going to have some um, some gut issues and that kind of thing. So some of them have to stop it and then so they live with inflammation. They get up out of bed and it's stiff and sore. They're the ones that will come in and they hug me because they want to show how well they can move their, move their, their, their limbs and stuff now. So, yeah, no, it's been amazing. And also uh, uh, as well, I've been lucky enough to have quite a lot of the our sort of high-profile athletes on my books as well. So, our you know, we play some pretty – pretty serious sports over here our, our football codes are rough and tumble and bash each other up and that kind of thing and so these these players have had you know a life of just solid contact sport and so I've been lucky to get a lot of these guys on my books and you know they just respond amazing and and the thing that I'm really seeing a lot these days with and which is a big area of focus of mine is just helping with um, post-concussion syndromes and, and CTE um, you know, this is pretty scary stuff. And I think you guys over there in the States with the research you're doing with the NFL and NHL into the chronic traumatic, uh, chronic tra- traumatic encephalopathy is uh, is incredible. And we are seeing and we know that, you know, cannabinoids cross the blood-brain barrier, dial down the inflammation and axons and that kind of stuff. And I'm really seeing that with some of my, my athletes that I treat as well that, you know, I will start them on some oils and stuff to help with their aches and pains and they will always come back to me a month or so and go, God, I'm concentr- my concentration's a lot better. I mean, my wife says I'm in a better mood. I'm sleeping better. All these things. So that's really exciting. So I'm I'm pushing hard out here to to get our contact sport, our athletes playing contact sport, to be able to take at least CBD through the season, which they can. But unfortunately, the club doctors aren't on board yet um, because CBD is not illegal. It's, it's it's allowed through water and asada and all these type of things. But unfortunately, the club doctors still are happy to throw, a lot of them are happy to throw a packet of Nurofen at each of their players after the end of the game, uh, but won't consider a bit of CBD. So, yeah. Uh, James, I'm wondering when you interact with uh, other doctors, colleagues, and they know what you're doing, what's the response? It's changing. It's changing for positive, which is good. 
initially, um, <laughs> I'd be lucky if anyone would talk to me. Uh, you know, I would go to I would go to uh, to GP conferences and. You know, I would talk to doctors about, have you, have you heard about cannabis? Oh, no, you know. And, and I think it's because a lot of doctors have come from a family of doctors. They're very sort of straight, in inverted brackets. You know, they haven't ex- haven't experimented. They don't know. And and I can't blame them. You know, they've been brought up to, to think that cannabis was bad. I mean, I, I was at school. I said I would never, ever touch touch drugs. I'd never touch cannabis because it was just drummed into us that it was so bad. Um, so I can't sort of blame them that way, but over time it's been it's been positive to see that the response is changing, and I think that is coming about because you cannot deny you can't deny it anymore. There's there's too many people getting benefit. There's too much evidence out there. Like that whole story about we don't have enough evidence. Come on, like you don't have enough evidence because your head's in the sand. That's where the, you don't have enough evidence from. So. So it's positive now that, you know, people uh, other doctors are starting to to come on board with it. I remember when where I when I first started practicing uh, when I first started prescribing cannabis in the in the GP clinic I worked at, the, the guy, the doctors who owned the clinic, just said, Oh look, we're not really comfortable with you prescribing cannabis here. And I said, Why not? And they said, Oh, we you know, we don't really want those people out in the weight room. And I said, What people? Put kids with epilepsy. He said, No, 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 we don't want those druggos out in the weight room. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> Come on, it's not really like that. And then by the end, when I left there, sort of a couple of years later, I had them starting to prescribe some CBD and that kind of thing. So that so they came around. So it is changing, um, but unfortunately, we still have a long way to go. And I really, really, really need to get into the into the universities and at universities and teach the endocannabinoid system to the to the medical students, and also to get into the College of General Practitioners and you know and say, you know, I don't. It doesn't. I don't need you to forget everything that you're teaching. You can keep that there, but just at least put an option, put a fork in the road, and say, "Hey, maybe an antidepressant is the way to go. Maybe some CBD oil might be a little bit better, or you know, maybe a sleeping pill isn't the way to go. How about a little ten ten oil in the evening? Just an option is all. All I'm trying to get them yeah. to put in there, but they bloody won't answer me. So it's very frustrating. But I can only keep trying. Um, so yeah. Yeah. James, it was uh, fabulous to talk to you. I think what you're doing is really exceptional. And uh, I wish more doctors around the world were like you and started to accept cannabis and uh, deal with patients with cannabis, as opposed to just giving them those goddamn pharmaceutical drugs, which I know help some people, but overall, people aren't getting any better. And I want to thank you for what you do, and I want to thank you for reaching out to us. We greatly appreciate it. You have you have a great story. All right, thanks, guys. James, thank you so much. I have uh, a number of people from Australia that contact me, and I always feel so helpless, uh, but not so much now. So get ready. <laughs> good, good, excellent. No, thank you, guys. And look, and and from out here, just. Keep up what you guys are doing. It's it's amazing because you guys are in a fortunate place where you can spread the word um, and not get in trouble. So, <laughs> believe me, I've said I've I've referred a lot of people to listen to your podcast. So yeah, keep it up, guys, because you've got a lot of fans out here, and hopefully one day we can do this face to face. Yeah, that absolutely. That would be great. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we'll do it in Colorado with uh, Dana, the producer. Yeah, it's good. Fantastic. James, thank you so much. Thanks, James. Thanks, guys. Before we go, I want to let our listeners know that you can help us spread the word about the amazing, often life-saving health benefits of cannabis just by sharing the podcast, 
writing a review or rating us. We very much appreciate uh, the help of everyone who's done that already. And we really like the five-star ratings. We'd also like to thank those of you who support the show by making a one-time donation or a monthly donation on our Patreon page, which you can do for as little as $5 a month. It helps to keep us running. You'll find out how to do that on our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Thank you for your support. It means so much to us. And we'll be back again next week with another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. Thanks for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. For more information and to search previous podcasts, visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This podcast is made possible by donations from our listeners. If you found the information helpful, please consider making a donation in any amount through our website. You can also help us share our message by leaving a review on your podcast listening platform. We are very grateful for your support. Thank you. listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Infused, a cannabis talk show, is a -a one-of-a-kind look inside the cannabis industry. Meet the amazing people who make cannabis businesses bloom as they join host Nick with Francesca and Mike for creative cannabis conversations. Get an honest look at the business of cannabis, including trends, best and worst practices, products, education, and advocacy. Whether you're kind of curious or running a cannabis, Infused has kind of conversations that count. Infused is available on YouTube and is now streaming as part of the PodConnects Network. Network.